Our homily hymn will be number 39 in the music issue, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, number 39. We're not going to sing it again, but there's something beautiful about this hymn, especially as Advent draws to its close. So I actually seriously invite you, if you want, open your hymnals again, number 39, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, because I'm going to quote the whole thing. We'll be here, yeah, normal time. We'll, we'll do this in normal time. It'll be fine. The bottom of this song it sort of has this text of where it comes from. And it says right there, O Antiphons. In the last seven days before Christmas, the church in her evening prayer and in the Alleluia's, every day at Mass, will be singing these O Antiphons. There are seven prayers. They all begin with that O. O, which is just such a such a syllable, a sound of longing. Oh, this, oh, that. It, it expresses this deep desire, right? And it's seven prayers, seven, you know, asking God, send wisdom, send Emmanuel, send the key of David. All these seven titles are the seven, maybe most important things that we need to have salvation. There's written on our hearts a desire for God, which we sort of seek out in these seven different ways. And so as Christmas approaches, we attune ourselves with the deeper desire of the human heart. And I think these seven antiphons, these seven verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, are a great, great way to express that and to feel that as Christmas approaches in this final week. And I propose to you as well, one thing, one sign that God has left us, which fulfills all seven of these. When God says to Ahaz in the, the Old Testament, he says, ask for a sign. Ahaz refuses. God says, I will give you a sign. And it shall be Emmanuel. God as well has left us a sign in his New Testament, the sign that is more than a sign. It is the very reality of Jesus, his son, God with us. And that sign continues even now into his church. That sign is the Eucharist. More than a sign. That sign which is God with us. The very presence of God among us. In this mass, in this tabernacle, in his church. And so first, the first O antiphon actually isn't Emmanuel. It's actually wisdom, that second verse. The first thing we ask for is wisdom. Wisdom that came forth from the mouth of God and who orders all things right. Wisdom, which was with God in the beginning, the word of God that ordered all things in creation. This antiphon harkens back to creation, to God who has a plan for everything. And wouldn't that be great? Isn't that a desire on the human hearts for wisdom, to know the deeper meaning of things? You know, not just what a thing is, but, but why a thing is. Uh, to have that deeper meaning behind all the events of our life, everything we're going through. Don't we need that wisdom in our life? And so Jesus has given us that wisdom in the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, we're constantly asked to look deeper, to look behind the mere appearances of things, the mere what of things, and to find that deeper hidden meaning. The Eucharist trains us to see the wisdom behind all things. And so indeed, the Eucharist is that sign and that more than a sign, again, that God is with us. Another human desire in that third verse, O come, O come, thou Lord of might. And so Lord is that second 
title of the Oantiphons, Lord, which was the name that God gave to Moses in the burning bush. And so that verse will mention Sinai and the Exodus story. We need a name, right? We need a name. We need something to address God. That name that he gave Moses, he's really giving Moses permission to come into relationship with him. If we don't know someone's name, it's hard to do that. But God revealed his name, Lord. And indeed, the angel reveals the name above every other name, the name of Jesus to Joseph tonight in the gospel. Jesus' name, which includes that name, Lord, but then adds on this little extra. The Lord saves. That's what the name Jesus means. So much more than just who God is, but also what God is about. Our God is a God of salvation. And so when we declare Lord, you know, we're declaring that we have this relationship with someone who wants to save us, who will not leave us in slavery in Egypt. You know, we need that a human desire for a Lord, actually. You know, a lot of times if we don't submit ourselves to the Lord of heaven and earth, we'll submit ourselves to maybe a lesser Lord. We'll follow something else in our life, whether it's money, power, possessions. They'll become master, and they make a poor master. And so to attach ourselves to the Lord of all, who has that relationship with us, a good relationship, who can neither deceive nor be deceived, who wants to lead us forth into freedom. And so the third verse the four, fourth verse in this hymn, O come thou rod of Jesse's stem, the roots of Jesse. Uh, this image going throughout the Old Testament that uh, the Lord's family tree is growing. And yet every once in a while it gets cut off. It seems like all is destroyed and it's left for dead. And yet just like uh, any plant cut off, but the roots remaining, there's this opportunity that a shoot will come up, a new growth. And so also there's that human desire for growth in our life, uh, that even when everything seems dead inside, for a new beginning, the Eucharist gives us uh, just that, uh, that new growth where it seems like there's nothing there. Again, that invitation to see beneath appearances and to see this, this new potential for something new to grow. Uh, that's what this root of Jesse is. I love the image as well of the, the Jesse tree, the family tree of the Lord, you know, each and every one of us being grafted onto that tree. He is the vine, we are the branches. We receive the Eucharist, we are grafted on to that tree as to the body of Christ. O come thou key of David, you know, that human desire for freedom, uh, to have those chains unlocked, to be set free, the keys to the kingdom of heaven that Jesus holds by rights, but that he has given as well to his church. When he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Those keys that both bind and loosen. They, they unlock from us those things that keep us from God, but they also can lock. They can also attach us, again, to the things that are good, uh, to keep out those things that are bad. A key to interpret everything in our life by. That's what the Eucharist can be for you as well, this key by which to interpret everything going on in your life, uh, to unlock those things that have trapped you to lock up those things that are keeping you from God. The day spring from on high, O come thou day spring, thou light of dawn, light of the east, how much we sit in darkness and the shadow of death, how much evil is still present in this world, how much we need turned in the right direction. You know, sailors in the ancient world didn't have much to go by. Of course, there are the light of the stars, but even those can be overcast. Those can be hidden by a veil of clouds. And yet when the dawn comes, you know, somehow those rays can always somehow pierce that 
whatever shade is over them, they know which way is east. They know their direction. How much we need a direction in our own life. And what the Eucharist gives us is that direction, that light, that eastward movement towards that goal. All of us need that goal to work towards. The Eucharist can give you that. Uh, He is the light to the nations, the light that shines off that tabernacle, off that monstrance. It's a great light to guide your life by. O come, desire of nations. Of course, in that Eucharist is, is everything that all the world has been longing for since the beginning. To have communion, to have love, to have a purpose, and ultimately to be with God. Everything would be fine if we could just know that God is with us. And that's the ultimate desire of the human heart. God's place, sometimes they say, a God-shaped hole on all of our hearts that only he can fill. And though we try to fill it with all these other things, eventually it leads us to him. And so that's why the final O Antiphon is actually Emmanuel, God with us. Again, all we need is God. If we have God and nothing else, we don't have any less than God in everything because God is all in all. And so as we approach Christmas again, I encourage you to pray with these antiphons, to pray with these hymns of the church, which express that deepest desire of the human heart for freedom, for happiness, for wisdom, for meaning and purpose. All these things that no present will suffice to, to fill that gap, that gap in our hearts, but the Lord only. And the Lord has given us that sign, and that's something that's more than a sign, the Eucharist, to fill that hole. And so if you're, you're ready for Christmas in all the physical ways, maybe all the wrong ways, and not yet maybe ready to make that highway into your heart for his peace to fill you, uh, there's still opportunity, there's still time. The Lord is coming soon, but he visits us all in our own time. So whatever it is you need uh, to reflect on the scriptures, to have that extra moment of prayer set aside to enter into the quiets. Uh, tomorrow as well, we're having sort of a day of recollection for our parish with Deacon Harold coming in. You can see the poster in the narthex. Uh, whatever it is you need uh, to take that time to express your desire. Lord, I need your salvation, and this is what From my point of view, it looks like this is what I need. And that way, when Christmas comes, you will see God's answer. You will see what God has to say in return. And the word that he has to say is Jesus. God saves. And so Jesus, come and save us.